This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we're talking about And this is the biggest train wreck that the show has ever been involved in. And we've been in some pretty painful wrecks. Oh, oh, fudge. (laughs) That that is the byword. Yeah, this this, you know, Matthew and I decided to do this episode. Please please tell me why we decided to do this episode, because I I certainly can't remember. I think it was about a month ago, actually. And we wanted to do something that, you know, might inform your Christmas plans. Exactly. Maybe we would find a great fudge recipe that we could share with you. And I think we're going to inform your Christmas plans if you are, in fact, the Grinch. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Sadly, you know, as as this month has gone by and we have tried various fudge recipes, we have met with a lot of sadness. Maybe, Matthew, you should start out by talking about some of your... Your fudge disappointment. I'm gonna I'm gonna lay it all out Your there. Fudgy sorrows. I'm I'm gonna put all of my fudge impotences and inadequacies out on the table for public viewing. Okay, where did you start? Where did I start? Well, it all goes back to I mean the reason I was interested in doing fudge was because I always I always like it when you encounter something kind of crummy in uh, in regular food life, but you get the sense that there's a really good version of it out there. And so I was kind of inspired by, like, you know, the free sample fudge you always get that kind of tastes like pure sugar and, like, uh, buttery sugar and is not very good and thinking, well, there must be some, like, really great chocolatey homemade fudge we could make. Right. And I remember having a discussion with you about this and telling you that when I was growing up, there were these guys who would sometimes come help help my parents, you know, with the yard. Like, they would occasionally come mow. Or, like, if my parents wanted to plant a tree, it was these guys who would come plant. Their, their names were... Uh, Johnny Bird and his sons Dusty and I can't remember maybe Rusty. Wow. Du- <laughs> anyway, was, <laughs> their na- they they went by the business name the Bird Brothers. They say, I'm envisioning and- them as ZZ Top. <laughs> I wish. They actually, they were much more country than that. They had big belt buckles and they wore cowboy boots. Anyway, what I was going to say is that the Bird Brothers were not only very skilled, uh, you know, at landscaping, but they also made incredible peanut butter fudge at the holidays. And it was really good. And, you know, I just keep thinking, you know, I want to be able to make that fudge. 
So right, yeah. So anyway, we thought we would make some fudge and and see what we could report to you people. And uh, <laughs> boy, do we have some things to report. <laughs> So I always, you know, it always bugs me when people say things like, you know, I can't even boil water. Like, uh, you know, I tried cooking something and it didn't work out and I never did it again because I always figure, you know, it takes a little practice. Um, You know, no one should expect to get something right on the first try, but maybe by the third try, you should be able to see some results. That was not the case in my fudge experience. Because you made fudge three times. I made fudge three times from three different recipes. And maybe that was the problem. Maybe I should have stuck with the same recipe, but I mean, beyond that, I was making like the foolproof fudge, the kind with marshmallow cream. Yeah, let's let's talk really quickly okay. about what yeah, fudge is and sort of what is maybe a traditional way of making it and what is a sort of a cheater's way of making it. Okay. Okay. How about I begin? Please do, because I don't know what fudge is because I've never successfully made it. So fudge has several steps. It's a, it's a candy. So basically, you're going to take part of the ingredients and you're going to combine them in a saucepan and you're going to bring them up to the soft ball stage, which is 238 degrees Mm -hmm. on a thermometer. And then you take that and, uh, and then you sort of let it cool to a certain point. I think it's 110 degrees. Okay. And then you beat the crap out of it. Uh Uh-huh. So uh, apparently beating it distributes the sugar crystals throughout the whole mass. And sugar crystals are kind of the, the main problem that people run into in making fudge. So so the typical process for making fudge is, you know, it's, it's kind of finicky, like making any candy is, really. It, it seems like it should be easy because it seems like, you know, it's just like one step over from like brownies or a flourless chocolate cake, which are really easy. But no. Well, so tell us about your cheater's okay. fudge. So the first one I made was from the Scharfenberger cookbook, uh, The Essence of Chocolate. And you make your own marshmallow cream. And that part, oddly, went perfectly. That was really easy to do. Wait a minute. So a cheater's fudge has marshmallow cream in it, yet you made your own marshmallow cream? Well, I, I didn't even realize I was going for the cheater's fudge at first. I just wanted to find a recipe that sounded really chocolatey. So I figured the Scharfenberger book, this must be really chocolatey. And okay. maybe it would have been. But what happened was, after I combined all the stuff together, the marshmallow cream with the melted chocolate and stuff, it turned into gravel. Really? Yes. It, it was <laughs> like, it looked exactly like potting soil. Well, I know we were doing some construction on the show recently. Did you try using it to, I don't know, do any spackling or anything like that? Yeah, I probably could have sold it as some kind of high-class building material, you know, (laughs) restoration hardware kind of crap. Was this the one where, after you made it, you sent me an email telling me that that this was like sort of chocolate sand? Yeah, it was chocolate sand. And it was actually kind of good. I think it would have been good on ice cream. I didn't actually save it because I was frustrated and just wanted to throw away my failure. Uh, what do but, you think happened? Was that like, is chocolate sand what you get when you have sugar crystallization just run amok? Okay, so after that happened, I did find that it says in the book Wild About Fudge by Marilyn Meyerly that uh, if you get dry, crumbly fudge, that it was either cooked too long, which I think might have been what I did, I don't know, was not scooped out of stirring pan fast enough or, or, <laughs> or <laughs> left unwrapped, which was not the problem in this case since it never got wrapped. I, I like that the remedy is need fudge. Need fudge. K N E A D. Yeah. Need fudge. Need fudge. <laughs> what's, so, the, what's the problem, Timmy? Need fudge. <laughs> so tell me what happened next. I, uh, I, I had a bourbon and I went to sleep. <laughs> okay. And the next day uh, I made one. Uh, I, I went to the store and I got some, you know, marshmallow cream in the white jar. Mm, fluff. 
marshmallow fluff, yes. And I figured, okay, you know, I should not have tried to make my own marshmallow cream right out of the gate. I will make some fudge with this marshmallow fluff, the foolproof recipe that everybody in America has made at one time or another and couldn't possibly go wrong. It went so wrong. It was Wait, much worse than the first one. Can you just tell one. me really quickly what you do with the marshmallow fudge for, for the marshmallow fudge version? So I think in this one, you um, you like heat some sugar and evaporated milk mm-hmm. um, up to a certain temperature. And then either you add the marshmallow cream first or the chocolate first. Um, but basically, then you just stir it, stir it all together and, uh, and then put it into the pan. Oh, so um, there's no sort of cooling and then beating the crap out of it stage. You Well, you, yes, you do, um, you do cool the, um, after you've, after you've like candied the, the sugar and milk mixture, um, you do cool that a little bit and then beat the stuff into it like crazy. Cause you really have to, the, the marshmallow cream has to melt cause it's, it's in lumps for a while, mm. but I think I overbeat it. Oh. Um, that was, that was the, the idea that I got from reading some, some fudge troubleshooting flow charts, <laughs> uh, which, which is now what I do in all of my spare time. And uh, so, so what ha- it started to separate and there was like a greasy layer of liquid appearing on the top. And I like went ahead and put it into the pan anyway, and it did sort of solidify, but it still had this sloshy grease <laughs> slick on the top. Did you try like using it to uh, moisturize your hands? Um, it was brown. <laughs> Okay. So, uh, I, I tried. I used it for a mud mask. Oh, great, great. Well, your skin is looking radiant today. Do you Do you want to know what happened after that? I or, do. Or I want to know. Have you had enough? No, I'm ready. Okay, because then then I went uh, then I went to a different book, um, Oh F- by Lee Edwards Benning, and I did her marshmallow cream. Who has recipe. a really cute dog in her author photo? Yes. I should point out. That one, it, that was the closest one, the closest I ever got to fudge. Um, I think I undercooked it. I mean, I didn't get it to the softball stage, I think. And uh, it, it, it just set up like grainy and scary. Well, should we try tasting mine? So you, you, you successfully made some bit. fudge? Because I got this well, phone call from you the other day that says, you said I've been in a f-ing war zone for the last two hours. <laughs> And then I had fudge on my slippers. Right. Yeah. So now do you have fudge? Like, see, I, I, I that, that really like sent a jolt of fear through and my heart because I we was... just got new carpet. And so like, we're, I'm still in the, the honeymoon phase where I'm afraid of like getting something on the new carpet. And so like, I imagine you coming over with these slippers and like stamping around <laughs> and leaving chocolatey footprints all over the new carpet. I don't usually leave the house in my slippers. Wow, that's sweet. Yeah. Does does fudge just have to be really sweet because it's because you have to candy the right amount of sugar or something? This is so sweet. Can we get Harold McGee on the show? He would explain what all of this. Would you say I successfully made fudge? Yeah, I think you successfully made fudge. It's not it's not like the fudge that I imagined might exist and apparently doesn't. That would be like more chocolatey and less sweet, but it is recognizably fudge. Hmm. I wonder if I could just use that same recipe and just throw more chocolate into it, or if all hell would break loose. Well, it's, it's worth a shot. I mean, what could or go if... wrong? Fudge can't fail, right? <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about what uh, about some of my problems with this recipe. Please. We, uh, I think we will put up uh, this recipe, since it was at least somewhat successful, Oh yeah, on Let's the website. What book uh, is it from? And I'll be sure to include my notes. This is from a book called Truffles, Candies, and Confections by Carol Bloom. Okay. This is for chocolate nut fudge. I didn't use the nuts, in case you couldn't tell. Yeah, I don't, I don't like nuts in my fudge, so I'm glad. 
So, you know, it, here's the deal, right? Okay, so you combine all this stuff in a saucepan. It's got sugar in it. You stir it till the sugar is melted. You add your chocolate. You bring it up to 238. Everything's going fine, mm-hmm. okay? It's now, almost 238 now. Now she says, sprinkle a marble board or the back of a baking sheet with cold water and immediately pour the hot mixture <gasps> onto the marble. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Wait a minute. So I don't have a marble board, right? This is, it's a, it's but, a practical joke Hold book. on. But I do have the back of a baking sheet, right? Okay. Of course. So every home cook probably d- like has approximately the same size baking sheet yeah. I did. It's, it's called a half sheet pan. Right. It's like 12 by 17-ish. Okay. Let me tell you, when you pour your molten hot fudge onto the back of that baking sheet... It's going to run everywhere. Of course. Because it's way more fudge than <laughs> that 12 by 17 inch surface can hold, okay? I, you might as so, well say, you know, take take the bolt knot mixture and pour it down your pants. Yeah. So uh, there was a molten fudge on my floor. I, I, I had it sort of approximately over the kitchen sink. So it's all over the kitchen sink. The fudge that we're eating today is about two thirds of the actual recipe because about a third of it went everywhere else but the back. I can't believe you salvaged it. I would have just I was like run. So angry. I was so mad yeah. about all of that wasted fudge. Anyway, that was annoying to me. Right. Why do I need to put it on the back of a sheet pan? And why doesn't she specify you need the world's biggest sheet pan why don't you put it on the front of the sheet pan i mean what the hell is the difference between the back and the front i i guess she's thinking it's going to be easier for you to scrape it off later and move i guess it. but anyway i was livid okay but i mean so uh, then get ready for this okay okay I'm, so then, i don't know if so i can you, you can imagine we've got this very thin <laughs> surface or you know thin layer of fudgy goo on the back of the sheet pan, okay? okay. Now you've got to take its temperature <laughs> because you've got to wait. Did till, you use the rectal thermometer? to 110 degrees. Well, I, you know, I sort of figured out that I could sort of slide the thermometer in sideways into, you know, like two millimeters of fudge. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was pretty annoying. But then get this. Then she says, beat the fudge using one of the following three mes- methods. <laughs> With a five-inch wide flexible blade scraper, <laughs> transfer the cooled mixture to the bowl of a stand mixer. Da, 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 da. Why was she so specific about the scraper I'm supposed to use, yet she couldn't tell me what size my sheet pan was supposed to be? I don't understand. Okay, well, but in, now in defense of, of whatever this person's name is, this was the only fudge that worked. So maybe if I had done all of these stupid things, my fudge might have worked. The thing about the five-inch scraper reminds me, I had this uh, dorm fridge in college that said, um, warning, do not defrost with Gimlet. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, as far as I knew, was like... You're not supposed to, like, pour a gin Gimlet right, in there exactly. or Yeah. You know, the sad thing is, is that even though I, I said that piece of fudge was too sweet, now I want to eat another one. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have another piece. Okay. And I ha- she had you wax the, the foil with so much butter that it, there's, like, a... Butter solidified on my piece of fudge. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I'm eating it right now. Mm, butter fudge. So where do, where do we stand now vis-a-vis fudge? Fudge I, is in the doghouse. Yeah, I mean, fudge was out of my life for many years, and I think it's, it's going to go back right back out. So to sum up, f*** you, fudge. <laughs> After all of my fudge failures, I had all of these dishes that had a chocolate crust on them that was impenetrable right exactly mm-hmm. you know i had to pull out the chisel i had to get the gimlet, <laughs> <laughs> the gimlet. 
and uh, it didn't it didn't even really soak off you know it sort of did well yeah because it, it's all that sticky candy stuff yeah. yeah i had to put on my like super industrial lavender colored dishwashing gloves and really get <laughs> <laughs> really get in there yeah yeah it was fudge i just think i'm gonna need a long sleep now <laughs> right and a gimlet Yes. Are we like unfairly picking on people who do make fudge? Well, no, I I think those people are those people are my heroes. Right. Yeah. Because I have the I have the utmost respect now for those people. Right. And so I, I think, you know, part of the reason that we were so interested in this is we were trying to 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 see if there was some wonderful old fashioned charm to fudge that we had lost. Right. You know, it's like how everybody's canning, but not everybody's fudging. Yeah. And it's <laughs> it's sad. Anyway, I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we tried. But I don't want to do it again. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm so glad. I, I kind of like the last two weeks of my life back. <laughs> I know. I would get emails from you like every other day, like another fudge failure. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Spilled Milk, the show that pours molten chocolate down your pants. I'm Matthew Amster Burton, and I'm Molly Weisenberg. Oh man, I can't believe I didn't get that on tape. <laughs> I can do it again. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.